0: The Canadian Freedom Convoy has flooded the streets of Ottawa, inspiring truckers around the U.S. to follow suit. However, Canada's leader seems to have fled the country and has since taken to the media to brand the truckers as hateful and divisive. Spotify and YouTube are yet again enacting new censorship measures on their platforms. And if you're wondering why you haven't heard much about Russia-Ukraine lately... Well, it turns out that CNN accidentally told the truth during their reporting on rising tensions, resulting in a huge damage control campaign. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez. Thank you so much for everybody who is tuning in to this information and to this show. Please remember that we have a Rumble channel. I am trying to grow the community over there since so often YouTube takes down our videos. So please go follow me on Rumble. The link is down below. If a video ever gets taken off here on YouTube, You can always find the show on Rumble. So go check it out. Also remember that the second biggest platform that this show is viewed on is podcast. So if you do like the show, please leave a five-star review. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, anywhere you can find podcasts. So if you don't want to listen to, uh, you know, the show on YouTube for some reason, you can always listen to the audio version on podcast. And also, if you would like to support me further, please remember you can follow me on Locals as well. And my PayPal link is down below if you would like to support the show. Now let's go ahead and and get into the news for today because a lot happened this weekend. I almost wanted to do a Sunday show because so much went on this past weekend in Canada, specifically with those truckers, with that huge movement, that huge convoy where we had thousands of truckers out here in Canada, protesting for their freedoms and their rights. And like I said, inspiring U.S. truckers as well. It was a beautiful movement. Now, they were initially going to Ottawa, which is the capital of Canada, because they wanted to go talk to Justin Trudeau. They wanted to go give them give him a piece of their minds so he could truly understand what these people, what these Canadians were living through under his unconstitutional mandates. So, That was the initial reason they were going to Ottawa. However, Justin Trudeau didn't seem to be there when they got there. Let's check out why. Now, last Thursday, Justin Trudeau, one day before The convoy was about to hit the Capitol tweeted out last night. I learned that I had been exposed to COVID-19. My rapid test result was negative, but I'm going to follow rules and isolate for five days. I feel fine and will be working from home. Stay safe, everyone. And please get vaccinated. So of course... In the nick of time, just in the nick of time, as these thousands of truckers are about to descend on Canada's capital to come come give Trudeau a piece of their mind, just in the nick of time, Trudeau is just exposed to COVID-19, oh no, and he, you know, it's negative, he's feeling fine, but he just, he has to quarantine, and he can't go outside or be around anybody. Really interesting timing on that front, right, guys? Not looking like he was trying to hide from the Canadians that he pissed off in the first place. No, we would not expect that from Justin Trudeau, the most cowardly leader in all of the world. Actually, just kidding. We would, which is why this is exactly what we saw. So that was the first thing, right? The truckers are making their way. Justin Trudeau, oh, I've been exposed to COVID. I'm sorry. I just, I have to isolate for five days. And then comes Saturday, the day of the protest, and this was being reported around noon and in the early morning, just in Canada's prime minister, Justin Trudeau, and his family have left their home in Ottawa for a secret location. Now, people spread rumors or there was rumors that he allegedly made his way to the U.S., and if that is true, I don't know why the U.S. accepted Justin Trudeau. He should have stayed in Canada and faced his people, faced his citizens But why is it that Justin Trudeau felt the need to leave his home for safety reasons? Why was he so concerned? Why was he so scared? Well, maybe because he's been a tyrannical dictator, essentially essentially an authoritarian to the Canadian people for the past two years. He's the type of leader who's going to dish it out, put out all of these mandates, force vaccines on his people, but then when push comes to shove and these Canadians were ready to have their voices heard, which is something we do not typically see from Canada, a very polite society, he runs away and he hides like a coward. Now, let's go ahead and take a peek at what Justin Trudeau was trying to hide from. Here's some scenes and imagery from the protest this weekend. I want to start off with a couple of signs that I saw that I absolutely loved. Starting off with this one, it's the most Canadian sign I think I've seen this weekend. It's the Gadsden flag, but there's a goose on the front and it says, please leave me alone on the bottom. I thought it was hilarious, but this is some of the imagery that was coming out of that protest this past weekend. And uh, if that's not the most Canadian sign I've ever seen in my life. We also have signs like this one, held by two Canadians that say thank you to our truckers. The other one reads, Trudeau is the real terrorist. Just giving you guys an example of how Canadians really feel about their leader. And then my favorite sign, Hong Kong, who's there? The fringe minority, bitch. I absolutely love this sign. I think it's hilarious because Justin Trudeau came out, and called these truckers and these thousands of Canadians who were standing out in frigid cold temperatures on the side of the road, supporting the truckers who were standing for freedom. Justin Trudeau had the audacity to call them the fringe minority. He said that they don't represent the masses. They don't represent true Canadians. That was an utter lie. And here is some imagery of what we saw this past weekend at the capital of Canada in Ottawa. Uh, For my podcast listeners, this is a clip from Rebel News. It is an overhead shot, a drone shot of what looks like thousands and thousands of people Flooding those streets, again, the goal of the truckers was to gridlock the entire capital, gridlock these various routes so they could make their voices heard. And they're not planning on leaving, by the way, until Justin Trudeau ends these unconstitutional and ridiculous mandates. Vaccine mandates, mask mandates. They want every single mandate ended. And these truckers have food. They have porta potties. If you guys didn't watch the last episode, I would highly recommend that you do that if you want more information about this. We had Marie Oaks on who talked to us about how much these truckers have prepared. Like I said, they are ready to go. They are ready to stay there until these mandates end. That is their demand, and they are not going to leave until those demands are met. More B-roll shots as you guys can see. Trucks lining the streets, gridlocking the entire capital city here. The streets are flooded with people as well. They're all waving signs. They're out there to fight for their freedom their freedoms and rights. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing to see. So some of the imagery from Canada this past weekend, and like I said, this has also inspired truckers here in the U.S. to start their own convoy. And it's absolutely beautiful. I'm so excited that Canada, Canada of all places, was the catalyst for this great movement. And it was the domino that finally fell For the rest of the world to say, you know what, enough is enough. It's not enough for us to say, okay, well, we'll, if we wear a face mask, we'll get back to normal. Okay, if we get a vaccine and a booster shot, we'll get back to normal. Okay, if I get a religious exemption from a forced vaccination, all right, that's normal. No, the Canadian truckers set the precedent, they drew a line in the sand, and they said, no mandates for anybody, none. And they are going to stay at the Capitol until Justin Trudeau finally hears the voice of the people, because this is not the fringe minority, mind you. Every single Canadian that I've talked to has said, this is how we're feeling over here. We don't like the mandates. We are done with this nonsense. And I should have brought this video in and I didn't. I'm so sad. If you guys have not watched this clip, it brought me to tears. It was so beautiful. Go, it's on my Instagram at sad with one N. And it is a video of little kids who were sending messages to the truckers over the radio and little kids were like hi i'm joanne i'm nine years old thank you so much for fighting for our freedoms or hi i'm josiah i'm 12 it's my birthday and this is the best birthday gift i could have ever asked for thank you truckers for fighting for us beautiful video brought me to tears go check it out i can't believe i forgot to bring it in But that is the energy and that is the movement. So, of course, what does the media have to come in and do? We had the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, CBC, which I would equate to America's CNN, except I believe they are government funded over there. So it's just essentially another uh, propaganda arm of the government, CBC, right? So they write... And this comes from Zero Hedge. With Trudeau in hiding, CBC suggests Putin behind truckers' freedom convoy. And then somebody put up this meme of Putin driving a truck. It's absolutely hilarious. But this is what the Canadian media was putting out. The Canadian people were fiery. They're angry. They're very peaceful. But they want their voices heard and they're out in full force. So what does the Canadian media do? They say, oh, well, we think that it was Putin. You know, uh, Canada has very... Close ties to Ukraine. So we think that this is Russian infiltration to try to destroy Canada from within. It's ridiculous. We've seen the exact same card played by US media. We saw Russian collusion with Donald Trump for four years. We see Russia, Russia, Russia demonized all the time. And now with this grassroots movement in Canada of Real Canadians who are angry and ready to fight for their freedoms and want their livelihoods back, want their normal lives back. The media turns around and says it's Russia. What an absolute freaking joke. Now, Keenan Bext from Rebel News, he's done an amazing job covering this rally, this protest, this convoy, call it what you will. Go follow him on Twitter if you aren't yet, at the Real Keenan. Kean, apologies there, K-E-E-A-N, go follow him. He was doing a live stream with convoy organizers. They were holding their first live press conference. And he said, the official CBC account signed onto my live stream to watch this. And he blocked them immediately. This is what I absolutely love to see. So Kean, who is a part of Rebel News, which, by the way, is constantly trashed by Trudeau, is kicked out of different press areas by Trudeau, is ignored by Trudeau because they're doing real reporting in Canada. Keen says, oh, you guys want to look into what's actually going on on the streets of Canada because you're not going to do real reporting while we're on the streets freezing our butts off with these truckers and actually trying to show everyone what's going on. You want to watch my live streams? I don't think so. He blocked them from the live stream. I absolutely love to see it. He also reported that the government was citing treacherous weather and that the convoy was stopped in its tracks. Uh, This was, I believe, last Thursday. Yes, last Thursday he was reporting this, that the government was trying to shut down the roadways Citing treacherous weather, and he did a stand up and he basically said, Look at the weather out here. It's blue skies and sunshine. There's no treacherous weather. This is absolutely ridiculous. But the government was doing everything they could to try to stop this because it wasn't even just the truckers who were joining in on this. We also had a convoy of Canadian farmers that joined this as well. And you guys, If you're a podcast listener, what I'm showing here is imagery of tractors and they all have signs reading, go truckers, enough is enough. They're waving that Canadian flag. They want to be free. Beautiful imagery coming out of Canada. Nothing like we've ever seen before in history. I titled the show today, Canada Makes History, because this is history. Every single trucker a part of this convoy, every single Canadian standing out in the streets and supporting these truckers, giving these truckers food, supporting them in any way, having their child send them a message over the radio waves. You are a part of history. And here in America, we absolutely love to see it. And I honestly am so happy for Canadians. And I want Americans to be just as fiery and as inspired. Fired as they are. So the government, full force of the government, was used to try to stop this um, from Trudeau running away and hiding to the police trying to shut this convoy down. We'll be getting into that in a second. But um Again, the media try to say that Russia was involved with this convoy and that they were trying to, uh, you know, stoke tensions in Canada. And that's what this was when in reality it's a grassroots movement. We also had Justin Trudeau today giving a press conference. And this is what he had to say about the truckers that he refuses to face. Let's listen.
1: I have attended protests and rallies in the past. Uh, when I agreed with the goals, when I supported the people uh, expressing their concerns and their issues. Black Lives Matter is an excellent example of that. But I have also chosen to not go anywhere near protests that have expressed hateful rhetoric, violence towards fellow citizens, uh, and a disrespect, uh, not just of science, but of uh, the frontline health workers, and quite frankly, the 90% of truckers who have been doing the right thing to keep Canadians safe, to put food on our tables. Uh, Canadians know where I stand.
0: Okay, that's enough from you, Trudeau. He said that... There is hateful rhetoric coming out of this convoy and that this convoy was violence towards citizens. No, Trudeau, you opening your mouth is violence towards citizens. You leading Canada at all is violence towards citizens. Let's be quite honest with that because you're a tyrannical authoritarian and nobody likes you. Literally nobody likes you. We have people in America and in various other countries commenting how cowardly Trudeau is. He literally ran away from his people. How pathetic you have to be. You lock down your own people. You stop them from making a, a livelihood, and then you run away? That is absolutely pathetic and cowardly. And for him to say, oh, well, i stood with a protest that I've agreed with in the past, like BLM. I'm sure you would agree with and go stand with an organization and a rally and protest that was based off of lies and propaganda, just like your entire presidency is. Great job, Trudeau. Great job. You're a terrible prime minister. I called him his uh, reign here presidency, he's the prime minister, let me get this correct here, but he's a coward, he's a loser, and nobody respects this man, and the truckers will win this because this is who they're up against, a cowardly man who doesn't even have the balls to face the citizens that he has encroached upon for the past two years and even much longer than that. Now, we also had Perrin Beattie, another elite of Canada. He is the CEO of the Canadian Chamber of Commerce. He tweeted out, the demonstrations in Ottawa are damaging local businesses, disrupting the lives of thousands of people and costing taxpayers millions of dollars. Everyone has a right to express their views and the demonstrators have certainly been heard. Time to peacefully return home now yeah, no, Perrin, we're good. We're going to stay there and the truckers are going to stay there until the mandates are lifted, until the restrictions are no more. Remember how this started because Trudeau was trying to say and so was the US, our US officials were like, "Oh, well, if you want to, you know, cross ports of entry, you have to be vaccinated and if you're not vaccinated, then you have to take a test and then quarantine for 14 days." They had all of these ridiculous restrictions. And so the trucker said, "You know what? Enough is enough. We are the ones that keep the economy going. We are the ones that keep your family fed and without us, you are nothing." So you want to turn your back on middle America, that is the backbone of this country, then we are going to stand up and have our voices heard, which is exactly what they're doing right now. So absolutely hilarious to see the Canadian elites being like, okay, we get it. Calm down. Everybody relax. Everybody relax. Go home. No, these truckers are not going home at all. And um, (laughs) just so we all understand the, the atmosphere This past weekend and even currently now, this comes from Andrew Lawton, who is a Canadian journalist. He said, I'm in my hotel room listening to the Freedom Convoy outside, which is now blasting Mambo Number 5 for the third time in an hour. And then he tweets out like an hour later and goes, oh, for crying out loud, it's playing again. So this is the atmosphere there. Many of the scenes, it looked like this convoy just turned into a giant rave. There were Canadians out there dancing. They were singing their anthem. They were waving their flag. They were there to stand up for their rights and freedoms. And they were peaceful. They were not there to stoke violence. They were not there to stoke division or hatred like lying Justin Trudeau was saying they were. No. And how would Trudeau know that, by the way? Oh, because he's, he's listening to the media and he's looking at the media that's reporting on this, the same media that's not even on the ground covering this. Yeah, that's probably why he thinks that way. Even U.S. media is like, oh, well, the Canadian convoy truckers, they're really bad. And they're they are just doing awful things to Canada right now. And there were swastika imagery at the event. And it was just disgusting. I want to show you guys a clip of a provocateur who was hiding his face this past weekend and infiltrated this event. So this is the imagery here, again, hiding his face. He attempted to distort the appearance freedom movement in Ottawa, Canada. And he was uh, now quickly appointed out and gone. told to leave.
1: We he's called holding him up confederate
0: flag. He knows. These Canadians he's called him out. He's going
1: to hold his head in shame now.
0: And they're like, get out of here. You don't represent this rally at all. You don't represent what we're here for, what we're standing for. So leave. Now, a lot of people in American media are pointing out that this can very... Quickly it turned into Canada's J six, January sixth. We all remember what happened that day. There were a few bad apples at J six that ruined the entire event, and now everybody that was there is being called a domestic terrorist. And we even have Merrick Garland saying that if you were even in DC on January sixth, you will be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. So many in American media as well calling to Canada and saying, "Be peaceful." Do not be violent, have your voices heard, demonstrate peacefully and that's exactly what the Canadians have done. It is only the lying media who is coming out and saying, oh, Russia's involved. Oh they're violent, they're divisive, the rhetoric, it's just disgusting. It's like nothing we've ever seen. Have you ever heard a louder horn honking? It's just atrocious. That's the medium. They're disgusting, they're elitist. nobody listens to them and the people don't like them. You know the most popular media source that I'm seeing right now to Canada? It's rebel news. And why is that? Because they're one of the only news sources reporting on what is going on. The mainstream isn't even reporting on this huge convoy that is blocking up the streets in Ottawa. I believe as of this weekend, they've now been forced to because the truckers are gridlocking the entire city and they are not going to be moving so the media is forced to report on it. But again, the media comes in and says that these are racist, evil people. Meanwhile, let's look at the other things that this convoy has had to deal with on top of provocateurs coming in with hateful imagery and trying to infiltrate them and make them look bad. We also had people putting nails in the road to try to stop the trucker convoy. Let's listen.
1: Hey guys, this is a convoy from St. Jerome to Ottawa and they're putting nails now on the ground so we can't get through. Show me the nails. Look at this, buddy. Show me the nails. Montrez-moi les clous les gars, montrez-moi les vieux, checkez tous les clous qu'ils mettent à taille. Mais mangez la merde. Belle concentration, tu mets trois fois qu'on arrête.
0: So, that is what the convoy is up against, A, an actual racist leader Justin Trudeau, who previously was seen wearing blackface, by the way. Don't forget that. That's the man calling the truckers racist for having the audacity to go and have their voices heard at their nation's capital. So they have Justin Trudeau they're dealing with. They have provocateurs that are trying to infiltrate their group and make it look evil and racist and divisive when that's not what it is at all. There's many Canadians on the street who have been interviewed by Rebel News who say that Trudeau divided all of them and the truckers brought them together so much faster like Trudeau divided them over two years but the truckers reunited Canada in the course of two weeks so that's what real Canadians are feeling and these are the different things they're having to deal with people putting literal nails in the streets to try to pop the tires of these convoys but in reality we all know the truckers would probably be like okay great we're gonna stay here on the street anyways we're gridlocked someone got a flat tire I guess we're staying here because we're having our voices heard Now, the latest update on this convoy is that Canadian truckers have blockaded the border crossing with the United States in southern Alberta. Now, I was talking to one of my friends, and I believe this borders Montana, so that is what we are currently looking at here. A massive convoy of truckers have blockaded the U.S.-Canada border crossing in Alberta, and I don't have this B-roll on hand here. Actually, I do. I lied. Let's go ahead and take a peek at this, and what you guys are seeing is just... Lines and lines as far as the eye can see of Canadian flags and truckers blocking the road. Since this happened, Jason Kennedy, who is the premier of Alberta, says the blockade of the Coutts border crossing violates the Alberta Traffic Safety Act. It is causing significant inconvenience for law lawful motorists and could dangerously impede movement of emergency service vehicles, this blockade must end. So again, the government trying to go in there and end the blockade saying, oh, well, it's unlawful. We can't have you guys in here. Uh, You guys need to move immediately. They were negotiating all day today. Update negotiation number three. RCMP agreed to release the supporters from checkpoints. Uh, That would be their police force, if you will. If truckers open one lane of traffic, including a border lane. Spoiler alert, the truckers got their people released without opening a lane. More supporters are coming here to Coots, Alberta, and they're again just all over canada trying to make their voices heard and they're joining in i'm not sure if they're necessarily headed to ottawa or if they're just going to be blocking that border between the u.s and canada but again law enforcement trying to come in the government trying to come in and stop this freedom movement this is what the truckers had to say
1: they can leave leave. leave. leave? but the only way i'm leaving is in a cruiser yes there you go. i want to 100%. That's right. You know what? Who's has so to stay? Oh, I'm staying. A, Their they're tactics are well, we're surrounded. Yes. To make a sweep. Yes. To get it's all a... morale, yeah. Alex. too months to yeah. Alex. started. So I we got you, ones you, you the ones that want to leave if, if, if you're right. worried about funds a go fund me, we'll pay all them all the we money. money. Alex, like they can this, issue uh, us a ticket uh, for a highway traffic act. That's all they can do. Bring on the ticket.
0: Okay, I love this clip because you have these truckers and they're all not really fighting, but they're really debating amongst themselves. Do we bend the knee to the government or do we stay and do we fight? And these truckers say the only way that I am leaving here is out of a patrol car. I will not leave. And we absolutely love to see it. Now, these truckers in here also mentioned the GoFundMe because they've raised since I last checked, which was last week, six point two million dollars. And since then, huge donations have been made, so I'm sure they've raised much more than that. But their GoFundMe is very, very funded, if you will, because people love the movement. We had people like Elon Musk, Russell Brand, a lot of very big names, Donald Trump, come out and say, we support what is going on in Canada, and we are going to be there for you. More importantly, we have fellow American truckers who are saying, don't open the border, again from Rebel News. This was an American trucker who was gridlocked for three days away from his family and his work. Even those inconvenienced are understanding and in support. Don't believe what the media is saying. Again, Rebel News saying we are here on the ground. That was the quote from an American trucker who, again, gridlocked for three days away from his family saying, do not open that border. You stay in that convoy. And then speaking of that GoFundMe from Jack Basobic, he says politicians are now trying to seize the convoy of Freedoms GoFundMe donations. Does anyone remember any politician anywhere trying to stop BLM fundraising? And why are they trying to stop that fundraising? We're going back to Kian Vex from Rebel News, who points out, uh, amazing, as a couple of hours ago, the top donor to the Freedom Convoy 2022 donated a whopping $42,069 and has bought the domain rights to liar.com, which leads to Justin Trudeau's Wikipedia page. Now, many people are asking, "Was this Elon Musk who did this?" Because Elon came out in support of the Canadian truckers this past weekend, and Elon loves to make. Because I'm not sure if you guys caught the amount that was paid to these truckers: forty-two thousand dollars and sixty-nine cents, four twenty-sixty-nine. So Elon loves to make these types of jokes with four twenty-sixty-nine, and everyone keeps asking. Elon, was this you? No one has been able to confirm it yet, but many people are speculating that it was Elon Musk who bought liar.com, rerouted that to Justin Trudeau's Wikipedia page and then donated four twenty sixty nine 69 to the Freedom Convoy in Canada. We absolutely love to see it. We love to see the energy. We love to see Americans helping Canadians, Canadians standing up for freedom. And again, that inspiration being pushed out worldwide. For example, from the Epoch Times, government overreach is coming to an end. Massive truck convoy headed to Washington after Ottawa. Gateway Pundit also has this story. Convoy to D.C. 2022. American truckers to form convoy protests from California all the way to D.C. American truckers are preparing to follow the lead of their Canadian counterparts and convoy protests from California to D.C. A Facebook group for the anti-vax mandate protests has already amassed over 50,000 people. People with many American truckers wanting to join in solidarity with the Canadians who have formed a 45-mile-long convoy of up to 50,000 truckers heading to Ottawa to protest the government's COVID vaccine mandates for drivers to cross the U.S.-Canada border. We are part of many large groups who believe in our founding fathers. We believe everyone has a voice. We support our freedom. Help us spread the word about this group, and together we all can make it a better place. God bless America, the group's description reads. And then my good friend Drew Hernandez tweeting out, breaking Facebook group Convoy to DC 2022 has announced an American trucker convoy protest that will start in California and end in D.C. So this is what we are seeing now in America, but it isn't only the U.S. truckers who are pushing back. In the Netherlands as well, EU faces another major protest as Dutch truckers first to follow in Canada demonstration. The EU could be on the verge of more Huge woes as Dutch lorry drivers appear to join in their Canadian cousins in their Freedom Convoy protest against mandatory COVID vaccines. And that's what we're seeing right now, everyone. We're seeing a huge awakening worldwide. Okay. So it's not just the Netherlands, it's not just Canada. It's not just the US. And first off, again, thank you to Canada for being the catalyst, for being the domino that needed to fall for everyone else to say, you know what? Enough is enough. Mandates are ridiculous. We don't want to live restricted anymore. We're not freaking children. Everyone needs to have responsibility for their own health and their own safety and their own freedoms. And we, the American people, choose freedom over safety and we want our freedom back. We also had protests in Nuremberg, Germany over this past weekend. Uh, What you guys are seeing here are thousands and thousands of people. Again, Nuremberg, Germany, where the Famous Nuremberg trials were held after World War II. And what came out of those trials? The Nuremberg Code, which says that no human can be experimented on without their consent. So very telling that Nuremberg, Germany is protesting. We also saw the (laughs) Pfizer building getting surrounded in Paris. And you guys can hear the Parisians chanting out here. Thousands of them surrounding the Pfizer building in Paris this past weekend. So worldwide movement, we also have an an anti-mandatory vaccine demonstration in Vienna this past weekend. Apparently, it was extremely windy, rainy, and cold, but totally worth it. Somewhere between 15K to 30,000 people showed up. This is from Brittany Sellner, who is a political activist, and she was there on the scene in Vienna. And from this past weekend, we also saw some very telling imagery of what the people of Austria are experiencing as well for my podcast listeners, what you're currently seeing or listening to is a woman being pinned down by police. The assumption is that she is at this anti mandate protest. She is maskless and she is being held down by two gigantic masked police officers or government officials. And this is what's going on worldwide right now. It's not just Canada that's standing up. It is also Austria. It's Germany. It's the U.S. It's the Netherlands. So I'm very excited to see this worldwide awakening. It's not all bad, everybody. We are making moves in the right direction. But shout out to my Canadians for being the ones who had the biggest balls, okay, in the world, who actually said, you know what, enough is enough, and we're going to do something about this nonsense. So I wish America was the ones who did it first. I really and truly do, because we are supposed to be the beacon Speaking of freedom and hope in the world, but it was Canada, Canada of all people, the most polite people, like we joke about Canada because they're so polite and they never push back. And it was Canada that was like, you know what? Enough is enough. We're taking our maple syrup on the road. We're getting a porta potty We're going, we're going to Trudeau's house. And Trudeau said, I'm scared. I'm out. So that's what's going on this past weekend. The Canadian truckers, again, not leaving until all restrictions are lifted. We will be following the story closely because this is history. And again, to every single Canadian trucker, to every single Canadian standing up and having their voice heard, you are a part of one of the most impactful points in Canadian history. And we are all very, very proud of you. Thank you for being an inspiration. Thank you for everything you guys do over there. Don't worry about the lying media. The real people who love freedom and truth know what's going on, and we know what you stand for. Now, moving on to some censorship news, because of course, Of course, big tech doesn't want us to see the reality of what actually is going on because then we would know that the truckers in Canada were actually good people and they were fighting back against authoritarianism, which is why YouTube is uh, dropping some new censorship policies, but very quietly. This was shared by Chris Minahan who is the publisher of the independent news site informationliberation.com sorry if i butchered that name there but um he posts this screenshot sh- shot from youtube and it says video unavailable this video is popular due to limited creator history we're limiting the number of viewers subscribe to this channel to help this creator reach a broader audience so now youtube is saying well if you don't have a big enough audience and your video is going really viral because maybe you told the truth about something or you reported on something that no one else is reporting on, well, actually we're still going to censor your channel. So there you go. YouTube's new secret censorship policy there, very interesting. We also have Spotify in the news as well for their new censorship because we all saw that Biden Surgeon General called on big tech to censor Joe Rogan We've been talking about this for weeks now, how Joe Rogan has one of the most influential podcasts in America, potentially the world truly, and he gets people on like Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Robert Malone, these whistleblowing doctors who say, you know what, I have been a doctor for the duration of my career, for the majority of my life, I've studied this and now I'm pushing back against this because what we are all currently living through is unscientific and it is unconstitutional and it's ridiculous and it doesn't work and then what happens the left gets angry they call joe rogan's podcast misinformation and they call for him to be censored the fact that we have the u.s surgeon general calling for censorship go on the podcast then surgeon general and tell us why it's misinformation instead of silencing one of the most popular men in america because they know that everyone's going to joe rogan for their information because the regular media like CNN and MSNBC and CBS are such liars that the american people can't trust them at all. Of course, because Spotify didn't immediately censor Joe Rogan, we had all these old boomer singers who are really mad about it and we have people like Neil Young and Joni Mitchell removing their music from Spotify to stand with Neil Young. Now, does anybody care about this? No. Do I know who Joni Mitchell is? No, I barely know who Neil Young is. Maybe he has great music. I don't know. I'm not going to support him now that I know that he's a an anti-free speech commie. Honestly, anybody who's anti-free speech, I'm like communist, communist, satanic, communist. I, that's all. That's your label now. Congratulations. So Neil Young is now a satanic communist to me. Uh, He did that one to himself for being anti-free speech and trying to censor information that should be widely available to the public. But because of all of the backlash per the Rolling Stone, Spotify to add content advisory warnings to podcasts with COVID discussion, streaming service plans to combat misinformation, but won't take on the position of being content censor in aftermath of Neil Young's exit. So the live screamed and cried, and they thrashed and they kicked and they threw a huge tantrum. And then Spotify said, "Okay, we'll add a content advisory warning because we all know that if you're going to a podcast to listen to Dr. Peter McCullough, a credible doctor, seeing the uh, the Spotify content advisory, well, this might be misinformation." Yeah, that's that's not going to phase you at all. But of course, Spotify has to add it. And Joe Rogan came out and responded to this, and he said. Great. I think it's good. I think people should know that you know I'm not a medical professional and blah blah blah. And uh, you know, add the content advisory warning. I disagree, to be quite honest with you, because this is how everything starts. This is how the censorship always starts. It starts with a warning label. It starts with a safe space. It starts with, well, just change your language, just change your rhetoric a little bit. Oh, you can't say that word anymore. You can't say this word anymore. But it's just for safety. It's just an advisory. That's how this always starts. It starts off with a content advisory. And then what does it lead to? It leads to you getting deleted off the face of the earth because you had the audacity to tell the truth and do some real journalistic research. So that's what's currently going on with Spotify. Joe Rogan capitulating a little bit and being like, oh, I think it's a good thing. I wish he would be more hardline about that, but he is traditionally a liberal. So all we can do is thank him for, you know, at least giving a voice and a platform to the doctors and people willing to stand up and tell the truth. Now, one of Joe Rogan's previous guests said, I've lost about 50 pounds since Rogan fat shamed me live on his podcast. So don't say he's never done anything good for public health. I had to bring this tweet up because I thought it was hilarious and this is what they're trying to censor. This is what Spotify is. Well, Spotify is not trying to censor it yet. This is what liberals in the left and anybody who deems you anti-science is trying to censor. They're trying to censor a podcast that is actually bringing people real world solutions. That's actually enacting change in the real world. That's actually saying, hey, this is the truth. This is the light in a world full of darkness and confusion. This is what's actually going on. So that's why they have to censor it. Now, I saw this sign as well from Colorado State University, and I thought this was a joke. Apparently, it's not. And it says, if you or someone you know are affected by a free speech event on campus, here are some resources. And then it it links all of the numbers and emails to the equal opportunity office and the employee assistant program and the multicultural counseling, because apparently at Colorado State University, students were getting so triggered by free speech events that they need resources so they can go vent about how somebody else's opinion hurt their feelings. Oh my goodness. Safe spaces were the worst thing that we've ever done to this generation. I'm going to be quite honest with you. We gave people safe spaces. We gave them participation trophies. And now if somebody fails or they hear an opinion that counters there, they go into a spiral and they don't know how to be real adults and live in the real world, which is why our society has deteriorated as much as it has. But that's an entirely different issue for a different day. Now, before we get off of the censorship topic, the Pope also said spreading disinformation on vaccines and COVID-19 is a violation of human rights. In a speech on Friday, he praised fact-checking and urged truth. Okay, Pope Francis, well, maybe if you did just the tiniest bit of research, you would understand that fact-checkers are just out of college 20-year-olds who don't have a doctor's, or yeah, a degree in B. A, doc- a doctorate? Is that what it would be called? A PhD? General studies that doctors get, okay? All of those certificates, all that nonsense. Fact checkers don't have that. They're 20-somethings that just graduated from college, just left their safe space so that they could come to YouTube headquarters to come censor someone's channel because they haven't done research into the realities behind everything that's going on in society. So when you hit them with a the truth bomb, they're like, oh my gosh, like I just really, I see how research this is but um, I don't like the opinion. So I'm just gonna have to delete you off the face of the earth. That is what the the Pope promotes. I've never been a fan of the Pope or Catholicism. I do think that the idolization of one man is very satanic. If you read the Bible, it says, do not idolize anything and do not put anything above God. And I do believe that a lot of Catholics idolize the Pope Very much so, and they should not. The same Pope who is calling for actual censorship via fact-checking, urging for truth, while also saying that spreading disinformation, a.k.a. the truth about what's going on, is a violation of human rights, it would actually be the opposite, Mr. Pope, man, okay? Taking away information and people's freedom of thought is a violation of human rights. So shame on you. And I condemn you in the name of Jesus Christ, to be quite honest. So let me just get that out there now, because this pope is not a good person and the Lord will be the one to ultimately judge him. Now, let's move on to some other news. Let's bring it home to the U.S. What's going on over here on top of the censorship news, on top of all of us looking over at Canada and saying, good job, guys. Where's the energy here in America? It's coming. It's coming. Don't worry. But um, outside of us focusing in on Canada, what is a huge news story that was at the forefront of Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, everyone get in your bunkers. This is the biggest news since World War II. It was Ukraine-Russia tensions. This was at the forefront of news all last week. Everyone was freaking out. They were like, oh my gosh, we might get into World War III. Joe Biden... May or may not have said that Russia could take over Ukraine and we think that Russia is going to take over Ukraine, but we're not sure. But we're going to go ahead and promote that anyway. Um, Everybody be afraid. So the Pentagon said last week, some type of Russian invasion could be imminent. Zero Hedge retweeted this and goes, please just panic or something. And why is the Pentagon putting out these very scary headlines like this one again from the New York Post? Pentagon denies Ukraine crisis at 11th hour, but warns an attack may be imminent. It may be, guys. It may be. They might not have done it now, but it's because Russians can't fight in the mud in winter. Russians don't know how to fight in winter. Come on, guys. <laughs> that's why they haven't attacked Ukraine yet. Let's be honest. That is an actual thing that Joe Biden reiterated, by the way, to the president of Ukraine, that he heard that Russia had not attacked because of mud and that Russian tanks couldn't drive through mud. Yes, that's that's a real thing that our president said. Now, CNN accidentally reported the truth about was, what was going on because Joe Biden and Zelensky, who is the president of Ukraine, had a phone call about the rising Ukraine-Russia tensions, or so our media likes to call it. Remember last week when I was telling you this really kind of looks like the media and a couple D.C. politicians drumming up war with Russia? So that way Lockheed Martin, who is uh, presenting all of these pro-war articles in Politico, can uh, you know raise their stocks up and everybody can profit. That's kind of what this looks like. Like here, because Ukraine is saying that their country is safer than LA, and that it's ridiculous that we are um, bringing Americans out of Ukraine at all. So Zelensky was trying to kind of quell all of the rumors and the tensions, and then Biden was like, "No, no, no! Russia is very bad. Russia is very bad. The media over here, Russia very bad. Russia is going to invade. It's going to be World War Three. Everybody, get in your bunkers. It's terrifying stuff." Well, my friends, CNN did a huge oopsie, and they accidentally reported the real news for once in their life. And you know what happened? I'm going to tell you what happened. It was freaking amazing. From Jack Posobic who was at the forefront of breaking this, big shout out to my good friend, Jack Posobic, He says, we may have just caught a CNN reporter deleting a war report that exposed the truth about the White House and Ukraine. And it now looks like the White House pressured them to pull it. The American people deserve the truth. Now, this was last Thursday after that phone call because everybody wanted to know how it went. Now, Natasha Bertrand from CNN said, Per a senior Ukrainian official, Biden told Zelensky that a Russian invasion of Ukraine is now virtually certain and that Kiev could be sacked and to prepare for impact. These are his quotes. Biden reportedly said, Zelensky disagreed and, as I reported, asked him to tone down the rhetoric. And then, what did CNN reporter Natasha Bertrand do? She deleted this tweet. Yeah. So she reported that the president of Ukraine told the president of the United States to tone down the rhetoric because Joe Biden is so crazy and has no idea what's going on. Just kidding. He does in this instance because he's like, oh, Ukraine money. Yes, yes, yes. We want that for sure. So it's like you're going to get sacked. Prepare for impact. Russia's coming in. They're coming in hot. Just prepare for impact. Get the freaking AK-47s and every tank that you want because you will die. And then. You know, Ukraine's like, yo, chill, relax, relax. CNN sees all this going on and it's like, well, I'm going to do my job and report. And then they delete the tweet because they're like, oh, whoopsies, you not supposed to report that one my bad. Now, apparently Natasha couldn't get to Jake Tapper fast enough to tell him maybe not to report on these things. And we actually saw some truthful reporting out of CNN. Now, this is a two-minute report, but we're going to play it in its entirety because CNN actually lays out the truth about this Ukrainian phone call. And they deleted this this, um, report from Twitter. They deleted it so we're going to listen to what CNN deleted in an effort to run damage control after they reported the truth. Let's listen.
1: We have breaking news for you and our world lead. A senior Ukrainian official tells CNN that today's phone call between President Biden and Ukrainian president Volodymyr Zelensky, quote, did not go well. Our source tells CNN that the two disagreed about the immediacy of the threat of a Russian attack on Ukraine. The White House and Pentagon have been emphatic that they believe an attack could be imminent. We should note the White House just released its own readout of that call, and there was no mention of President Biden's warnings or the two presidents' disagreements. The White House did say Biden underscored America's commitment to Ukraine's sovereignty. CNN's Matthew Chance joins us now live from Kiev, Ukraine, with more. Matthew, what more are you learning about this disagreement on the Biden-Zelensky call? How heated did it get? I'm not sure I could characterise how heated it got, but there was definitely a disagreement about the sort of level of risk that the country is facing uh, when it comes to uh, a Russian invasion. On the one hand, you've got President Biden. This is according to an official who briefed me on the, on the conversation that was had on the telephone call uh, this evening. On the one hand, President Biden saying the threat is imminent. I mean, we've heard this before. The Ukrainians pushing back on that, saying that the uh, the threat, according to their intelligence analysts, is a bit more ambiguous than that, and it's a, it's possible that the won't be an invasion, whereas uh, President Biden apparently telling his Ukrainian counterpart that an invasion was virtually certain later on in February when the ground uh, becomes uh, uh, more frozen in this country. He went on to say that he, he warned the Ukrainian uh, leader that the capital, Kiev, this city here, uh, could be sacked. And that, that's that's the word he apparently used, according to this uh, Ukrainian official, sacked by Russian forces, who he said may attempt to occupy it. There was also some, some quite bad news uh, delivered, although expected news, I think, delivered uh, by the uh, US president to the Ukrainian side. President Biden, according to this official who, uh, who briefed me on the conversation, uh, saying uh, that he told the Ukrainian leader that Ukraine would not be getting significantly more military help, that there would be no US troops sent to Ukraine to defend it. We already, we already knew that, of course, but it was reiterated again uh, on this phone call. Um also, no sophisticated weapons, uh, further sophisticated weapons delivered to Ukraine.
0: So that was the report. And again, just to show you guys that CNN had to run damage control because they reported the truth about what's going on. Um, Jack Posobiec pointed out that they originally posted this on that Thursday around 7 p.m. And then the page just no longer existed. Now, they've since re-uploaded the report. After Jack called them out, after it got millions of views, after Jack re-uploaded it on his Twitter, they re-uploaded it at 9 p.m. The original upload was at 6 p.m. So CNN trying to run damage control from the damage control because they were like, oh, my gosh, we accidentally reported the truth. Delete it. Delete it. And then Jack Posobiec was like, no, 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 no. Then they had to re-upload it. But it's disgusting to see how complicit CNN is in running propaganda for the White House and for Joe Biden. Again, not confirmed if the White House pressured them to take down that report, but very interesting that CNN, which is supposed to be a credible news source, so we can understand what's really going on between Ukraine and Russia, You know, so we can know if we are potentially getting into a war because Joe Biden said that he had troops at the ready going into Ukraine if need be. You think that the average American public would want to know that CNN reported it and then said, oh, actually, that makes Joe Biden look really incompetent. Maybe we should delete. Now, it wasn't only CNN that accidentally made Joe Biden look like the worst leader ever behind Justin Trudeau. Um, President Zelensky of Ukraine also has some choice words for Joe Biden. Let's listen to how the president of a foreign country is reacting to our president, just so we can all understand how bad things are in regards to our foreign relations right now.
1: We are uh, grateful to the United States for their ongoing support to our sovereignty and uh, uh, territorial integrity, but I'm the president of Ukraine. I'm based here, and I think I know the details deeper than any other president. The question is not uh, about the US president because, well, we do understand what the risks are and which of those risks are priority uh, risks. And we've discussed lots of questions. I would like to explain uh, this a little bit. It's important that, that the president should know the situation from me, not from the intermediaries. For he knows the situation from me personally, and uh, we, we're talking to each other. We'll have another conversation in a couple of weeks as well. But it's important not only for our intelligence community and secret services to exchange information.
0: So that was the president of Ukraine telling Biden, I'm based here. I think I know the details best. So relax. And then Joe Biden came out and he was like, well, I'm based here in the U.S., blah, blah, blah. And he was getting so angry about the fact that Ukraine didn't want to play into rising tensions between Ukraine and Russia. Joe Biden, the president of the United States, was upset that the Ukrainian president did not want to play into this war drum beat that the U.S. was trying to push on this country. That's who's leading us right now. What's actually uh, going on, by the way, because Ukraine was at the forefront. But what are some of the news stories that the U.S. may want to focus in on instead? Maybe things like this, for example, U.S. Navy races to recover crash F-35 stealth jet in the South China Sea before Beijing does. The race is on to recover in a speedy fashion. An advanced U.S. F-35C stealth jet, which crashed off the USS Vinson aircraft carrier and landed in the South China Sea on Monday. The U.S. Navy is reportedly working on the daunting task of recovering the aircraft after the landing mishap, which injured seven in total, including the pilot who had successfully ejected and six sailors who were presumably injured while on the Flight deck. So great. We just uh, accidentally lost one of our jets in the South China Sea. Hopefully, China doesn't grab that technology before you know we're able to fish it back out whoopsie yeah let's focus in on ukraine and russia what else is going on uh, joe biden was set to visit pittsburgh last friday and a bridge collapsed hours before biden was set to visit the city for an infrastructure event at least 10 people were injured so joe biden's america literally falling apart at the seams men went to pittsburgh for an infrastructure event and the infrastructure even hates joe biden and was like now nah, we're just going to destroy ourselves because we don't even want to be looked at or touched by this abhorrent, atrocious president. No, thank you. Bridge just decided to collapse. So, ah, man, that's what's going on, guys. We also had Trump giving a rally here in Texas this past weekend, purportedly one of his biggest yet. At the rally, he raised pardons for January sixth rioters if reelected. Many on the right actually condemning donald trump for this statement saying that he could have pardoned those january 6th writers before he was out of office and he chose not to so why should we believe you now let me know in the comments what you guys think about trump's comments on this to me it seems like he's trying to pander and say oh yeah january sixers i'll uh make sure that they get out of jail and i'll let them free and i'll uh, help them out yeah you should have done that initially trump that would be great lindsey graham came out and said uh I think it's inappropriate if Trump potentially pardons January 6th rioters. And the reason we're bringing up this quote by Lindsey Graham is because we need to remember and understand who these Republicans in office are, who these Republicans that are representing us actually are. So Lindsey Graham saying that, hey, even if Donald Trump does pardon the J6ers, I think that it's a bad idea. What else did Lindsey Graham say over... Um, The past couple of days, well, we remember that Joe Biden said he's going to pick a SCOTUS nominee solely based off of the fact that they're Black and a woman. Great. I'm so glad we've come so far as a country that we are now... Picking people for jobs based on their race and sex. OK, progressivism. So that's Joe Biden. Well, Lindsey Graham had something to say about uh, Joe Biden's SCOTUS pick. Let's listen. And President Reagan said running for office that he wanted to put the first female mm-hmm. on the court. Whether you like it or not, Joe Biden said, I'm going to pick an African-American woman to serve on the Supreme Court. I believe there are plenty of Qualified African-American women conservative and liberal that could go onto the court. So I don't concede that I don't see Michelle Childs as an act of affirmative action I do see putting a black woman on the court making the court more like America in the history of our country We've only had uh, five women serve mm-hmm. and two African-American men Now, many conservatives or people on the right might listen to this and say, well, I don't see anything wrong with that either. Yeah, maybe we haven't had enough black Supreme Court justices or women on the Supreme Court. It doesn't matter what your skin tone is or what your gender is. You should be qualified for the job to be selected. And it's absolutely disgusting that we have a Republican, Lindsey Graham, up front and saying, oh, yeah, we'll be very representative of America if we elected a black woman. I think that this is great. It would just really reflect America. No, how about instead we start electing people to these very prestigious positions, again, SCOTUS is tasked with the huge responsibility of making sure that our constitutional rights are protected. How about instead of looking at somebody's skin color, we look at their qualifications. We look at their IQ score. We look at their history and if they care about this country and its people or not. But no, let's just chop it up to race and sex. Amazing. We've come so far as a damn country. Now we're going to wrap up the show tonight with a politician that I actually do like, and that is Rand Paul. We always love Rand Paul. He is a very aggressive. He has been holding Fauci's feet to the fire when nobody else would. Rand Paul, always a voice for the people. We absolutely love Rand Paul here. He actually had a couple of things to say. I can't remember if I reported on this or not, but basically the government, the FDA, is stopping monoclonal antibody treatments because they say that they're not effective against Omicron. Remember that these treatments were used by a variety of people to help them get over COVID faster. The FDA now taking that away. Let's listen to what Rand Paul had to say on that.
1: the people who think we're a bunch of rubes in flyover country and they have utter disdain for us these are the people who would actually limit our access to treatment for covid they are right now as we speak limiting monoclonal antibodies being sent to florida too many deplorables, too many Republicans, too many conservatives are getting sick. And so their way their way to punish us is by not sending treatment. And I think it's abominable.
0: And uh, I think it's brought up the worst in people. Um, you know, I've known people who died from covid and I've seen liberals stomping on their grave and just laughing hysterically that a conservative died from covid. And I would never, ever do that. for So there we go. Rand Paul calling out the government for trying to take away these treatments for COVID-19. The government keeps saying, oh, we want to protect everyone. We want to treat everybody. But they refuse to look at early treatments for COVID. And they're now taking away monoclonal antibodies. And as Rand Paul pointed out there, because it is a lot of deplorables. It is a lot of people on the right who are taking this treatment because they say, okay, well, you know what? This is a lot better of an alternative um, compared to some of the other things that are being offered. And we prefer to get this for a treatment option that now being taken away. So that's all I got for you guys on this episode of Rapid Fire. Again, please remember to subscribe to the Rumble channel. The link is down below. Oftentimes, because YouTube is the arbiter of truth, they will delete our videos, despite the fact that I research everything that I talk about on this show. And if I don't, I come out and I correct the record immediately. Something that we will never see from the mainstream media. Unfortunately, despite all of that, YouTube deletes me all the time, so please go follow me on Rumble. I would love to get all of you guys over there and eventually utilize that as the main platform. Remember that YouTube just deleted Dan Bongino off the face of the earth for medical misinformation. It genuinely could only be a matter of time until that happens to us. So please go follow me on Rumble. Go follow me on Odyssey. Go follow me on Locals, Instagram, Twitter. Take your pick. All the links are down below. And if you like the show, please remember to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us grow in the charts, helps other people find the show. I truly and sincerely, from the bottom of my heart, thank you all so much for tuning in. And I will see you guys next time. My name is Savannah Hernandez.